You're listening to the Black Eagles podcast with Sinan Schwarting and Khan Bayazit. Welcome back, everybody. Besiktas International's The Black Eagles Podcast, episode 81. We're really getting up there. And today we've got another treat for you. Uh, of course, I am here, Sinan Schwarting, live from New York City. And Khan Bayazit's here, coming in from Belgium. And we have another guest who we've alluded to in the past. We've made jokes about this guy. He talks about his taste, sort of. Uh, passively, but so here he can step up and say them right to your face. Sally Kalkova, how Hello you doing? everyone. How you doing, sir? I'm doing very fine. It's very nice to be finally on a podcast after like 80 episodes. So, yeah, man. So I guess tell us a little bit about yourself, Sally. Tell, uh, tell us about your history with Besiktas in like you know 20 words or so. Um. It's pretty traditional, like father to son, and I've been supporting Vesita since I know I can talk and walk and stuff, so that's it. That's good. That's, that's what we're here for. <laughs> that's what the fans want to hear. Um, yeah, so Sally's coming in from the Netherlands, so we've got another uh, Central European. Uh, you should know, Sally, the, the majority of our listeners are my fellow gringos. Uh, so, you know, sorry about that, but um, no nonetheless, it's it's uh, good, of course, to have some more insight coming in from another Besiktas fan. Sally is also with Besiktas International. Uh, Khan, do you want to say anything? How are you doing? Hey, Sally. <laughs> <laughs> just so everyone knows, I am like Khan's favorite guy in the group, so just keep um, that in mind. Like, he loves me so much. He pulled the beeps out on like line number one, um, <laughs> putting me to work here. Uh, so yeah, uh, what are we going to talk about today? There's actually a lot to talk about today. Uh, first, of course, as we promised, we're going to briefly talk about our last friendly match at home against Panathinaikos, and then we're going to discuss. A, a signing? Did, that, did you hear that right? Yes, you did. We made a signing. Uh, things are happening. And of course, there are a number of rumors that we also have to discuss uh, that are coming in fast and furious, of course, as uh, the season is now less than a week away. Uh, I don't even want to say any more. Let's just cut right into it. Uh, Panathinaikos. Anyone, like, before I talk about the lineup, do you guys have any comments about the match itself, about Panathinaikos, about what you'd expected out of the match. I'll start with you, Khan. Oh, uh, I didn't really know what to expect with all the injuries we have. Um, but uh, I, I was pleasantly surprised by how the match turned out. Uh, we started with nine youngsters 
and then I guess, uh, well, I mean, I guess if you count Orkan as a youngster, uh, let's not yeah, let's not say. count them as a youngster. So then we start with eight, uh, and apart from that, it was Jermaine Lenz wearing the captain's armband, and then uh, we had uh, Isimat Mirin in maybe his last match for the club. Uh, yeah. And then Orkan China and the rest of them were, were all youngsters, which I'm sure you'll run over in a second. But um, I didn't really know yeah, what I'll to go expect. Yeah, over the whole thing. Because uh, Panathinaikos were playing, uh, I, I don't want to say their strongest side, because obviously I'm not an expert on Panathinaikos, but they were playing uh, lots of foreigners, as you pointed out in the group, I think. Yeah. So likely uh, close to what their strongest lineup would be. Yeah, um, I, I imagine that Greece, similar to Turkey, you know, is a scenario where, you, where if you have foreigners in your team they're generally starting mm. uh you know you're generally paying them a little more and you're not going to really want to have them on the bench so it was an assumption on my part but it yeah. seemed like a starting unit yeah and a guy oh, yeah, like Asheda, i think it's somebody we we i don't know where i know him from but i know him i think he used to play in la liga or something i'm not sure but um he used to play for Galatasaray. no yeah he what? did no that's he Federico Macheda. wasn't he the man you guy he was the man who played in our 1-0 win against them. And Insua played the season for Galatasaray. Yeah, Insua did I remember that. Insua? But I, yeah, for sure. I don't remember Macheda playing for Galatasaray. Oh, no, I met Insua. No, no, no. Macheda oh. played for United. I met yeah, Insua. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. But yeah, some recognizable foreign names for yeah, sure. Yeah, Yano yeah, Insua, Insua. Yeah, he was a... Uh, yeah, I remember him too. But Macheda was one of that, the, one, the guys that stood out. Um... But yeah, no, I didn't really know what to expect. Like I said, we had, I mean, I think coming out of the, the training camp in Austria, most of the matches we saw were abysmal, not necessarily because we lost, but just because we played so poorly. Um, and I was pleasantly surprised in this one. I really enjoyed this game. Uh, regardless of the result, I, I really liked this match and it gave me a lot of hope going into the season. Yeah. Well, so yeah. And so before we go too far into it, let me just go over the lineup itself. We started with Umut Nair up front, uh, Organ Chinar uh, and Jeremy Lenz on the wings, Erdem Sechkin and Muhayer Oktay in the middle of our midfield with uh, Kartal Yilmaz as our defensive midfielder. Kerem Kalafat, Ridvan Yilmaz were our fullbacks, Kerem uh, on the right and Ridvan on the left with his like daunting mask, kind of frightening. Uh, in the middle of the defense was Nicolas Isimat Mirin. Again, as you said, probably for his last time. We'll have to talk about that. And uh, next to him was Erdogan Kaya, who I, I gotta say, I, I was impressed with him. I don't want to jump the gun here, but uh, last of all was Ersin Destanolu. Uh, Ersin, I should say. Um, who, yeah, you know, I, I guess the only reason we could see him in there was would be assuming that Utku definitely did not make the cut in Abdul Avci's eyes. Uh, we all know that Karius has like a butt injury <laughs> of some kind. No, no, it's not. It's not actually. Uh, it's, I, that's what the first thing I that's the first thing I thought too when I read it, but I actually looked it up and it's like a tie injury. It's okay, a muscle okay, in good. the tie. So it's called good. like a rectalus blah 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 something so the first thing i thought oh, okay he's got Rectal, an ass injury. Yeah. but it wasn't the <laughs> yeah. case it's a, it's a, some so for <laughs> some muscle in the tie yeah and he's actually seems kind of in high spirits i have a feeling he might come back before the month is out so maybe that, that'll be good news of it but anyway i guess again we'll have to talk about that later because that has created some transfer news in and of itself 
But yeah, Erickson played in this match. And uh, I guess briefly, let's just go through the match events, the big ones, the goals themselves. And uh, we'll give Sally Kalkovan his, his uh, debut as our color commentator. Um, Evran is back to school right now. I think he's going through all that. So it's good to have someone doing this in his... Find some grown-up next to you instead of... Yeah. Whereas my exactly. loving kid... So yeah, there's some present child. Yeah, plus if everyone would be giving color commentary here, he'd be totally ripping on the first goal. Oh yeah, that and yeah, he, oh, he lands with a horrible, horrible pass, a horrible you cross that you somehow ends up at uh, Erdem's feet. I don't know how. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna out the fact that everyone did not watch this game. Simply because, as we're talking about this, I'm sort of recognizing the fact that he probably found out that Quaresma wasn't playing. And I was like, ah, whatever, I don't need to see this one. <laughs> so, probably. if that's the case, probably. everyone, you suck, boy. Uh, no, I'm kidding, but that's kind I of funny. Fun. You suck. You know, I, I really wonder, like, I know I'm laughing when we're talking about this. Like, I'm just sitting here with my microphone muted, like, laughing. But I really wonder genuinely if our listeners who aren't, like, who don't know all these inside jokes, if they get it. But Yeah, yeah, sorry, like, guys. We're the, totally joking. Yeah, yeah what a good point. He's like the uh, we biggest, always rib each what? other. It's, it's a thing we do. Yeah. I mean, if, um, if, if, if everyone's the biggest Quaresma fanboy in the world, then Sally is the exact opposite. <laughs> He's the biggest except hater. For, except for that one moment when he uh, curled that ball in against Fenerbahce with Batakan Chivut. That was literally the only moment in the past three years I celebrate the Quaresma goal or assist. Yeah, but well, there's, yeah, a video, no, I mean, there's a video existing of you and you were going crazy like a little schoolgirl. Exactly. So that's pretty good. <laughs> that's really the only moment in the past three years, four years even, <laughs> that I celebrate the goal of Quaresma or assist. <laughs> well, so anyway, so this game got underway. Couple yellow cards went to Panzanakos immediately, and then Khan kind of already briefly uh, in in joking about how everyone would take it, uh, you know, gave the goal away a little bit. But uh, Sally, tell us about that first goal. So Erdem Sechkin scored with an assist from Germain Lent. Tell us what what happened there. I think before even going into it, we should uh, move back like a few seconds earlier when it starts with a throw-in and Lance dribbles past like three guys he has the ball in between three guys and he opens up a lot of space for i think Maya it was and then he makes a great run inside the box and well everyone thought it was a bad pass but i think like it was a perfect attack like you play one ball you go through you get it back you play it again and goal it's it's how simple yeah. it is it's football and, and it he should caught be him on simple. his back foot too it's kind of a smart pass because he he had him Kind of going the other way so even if he'd gotten a piece of it he would have got gotten an awkward piece of it you know i think it was great it, it was overall a great attack it's exactly how you should play in my opinion and it yeah. literally starts with the throw and like you have umut nai who has the ball on like the, exactly the type of striker audio wants like a big pivotal striker lands in small space creating a lot of space by dribbling through three players and then just counter-attacking very easily it's nice to have someone being positive about Lens. It was more <laughs> him using his body to, to shield off the ball and then dribble himself through those three guys. And I think the throw-in came and Umut Nair headed it back to Lens. Um, but one of the things, like, everyone's criticism was that it was a poor pass because it was straight at the defender's legs. And the only reason that it was a goal is because the defender opened up his legs. Now, 
I Come haven't on. I haven't gone and watched it back so okay maybe he's right but in my what I saw at the time was just a very streamlined attack where he gave the ball at a perfect timing he didn't give the defenders time to um, close him down so they were still in full motion so when he put that ball in they were still running so it's a but natural honestly, like I am watching the clip back right now and literally if he gave the ball somewhat to the left or somewhat to the right it would never be that perfect for Erdem to tap it in yeah I, th I remember so, thinking that and he plays his back foot you know it's a it's, it's it's smart location to put the ball one way or another I think I mean yeah we're, we're like arguing with Evran who's not even here <laughs> the spirit and like, of he, he never even watched the game you know he, he even said he didn't want whatever like that guy um, but yeah so you know, whenever Lens does anything positive you know he has to break it down because it jeopardizes Quaresma's playing opportunities yeah exactly and, and that's his like ulterior motive always with, with Jeremy Lens and I, I feel like I call it out every time and, and fans might or listeners might be bored of it but it needs to be called out uh, anyway <laughs> Things yeah. progressed fairly well. The young guys looked really good, actually. Like, I think I remember being stunned. I remember most of the guys in the group being kind of shocked because we expected... I mean, again, we're going into our final preseason match after a, a four-game stretch where we didn't score any goals in the Austrian training camp. Things were not dire because, you know, Khan had said this previously. It's true. It's just the preseason. We just wanted sort of form and fitness up. That's what you're going for. But at the same time, you wanted to see a little something. So at, at this was particularly exciting because we were seeing it from the kids and you know at least if you're thinking long term i remember khan and i both being very critical of the fact that we never got these kinds of games from shenol gunesh he was never putting the young guys out there never letting them get any burn in these games that don't mean anything um, yeah. i would on the one hand think okay this was our last friendly we have some new pieces i wanted to see like ruiz out there i was hoping mm -hmm. we might uh get more of a chance to flesh together whatever we could of the starting lineup so that would be my one maybe criticism but at the same time like i don't know it's if they're not I mean, doing that in in favor of playing young guys finally like after all these years of not seeing this happening uh, i i can get behind it you know i was not going to be too critical i mean at first i was kind of critical because i agree i want to see some ruiz because we are playing sivas in a week and he's probably starting but then again um if we didn't play these guys in this game like i was really surprised by moyer and erdem how easily they adjusted to the level we want them to see him playing and yeah i think it's a big factor that these young boys have been playing together for like the past six seven years you saw that they found themselves very easily in the game. Young but boys. <laughs> Maybe think of Aurelian as the young boys. Um, well, and I'll tell you what, that's a perfect segue because you you know you mentioned Erdem Seskin and you mentioned Muhayer Oktay. And so not much longer into the game, only 20 minutes further in, in the 38th minute, or 26 minutes, 38th minute, another goal, this time assisted by Orkan Chinar was scored by Muhayyar Oktay. And this one was probably even somehow the more impressive of the two goals. Although Erdem's was quite nice too. He slotted it in pretty well. Um, Sally, tell us a little bit about Muhayyar's goal and then continue on with that thought. You know, we were talking about his game in general. Well, um, it was a pretty simple. Yeah, it wasn't, I think, a difficult goal technique twice. 
but he made it look so simple. Like he got the ball, two touches, looked where the goalie was, and literally tapped it in the corner. And I think, given minutes in the league, these types of goals are what we can expect from Meyer. He looks very comfortable on the ball. He doesn't get easily pushed off the ball. As you can see, he dribbles like through two defenders. And honestly, I have like big expectations from him. I am expecting him to become a starter soon in like three months. Yeah, I, I, I think we can all maybe even agree on that. Uh, I bet Khan wants to see more o Ozan. I think we probably all do to some extent. Uh, we want this kid to be given the chance because we know what he's capable of. But the, the only reason I want that is because I want to be able to sell him at the end of the season. Yeah, I think yeah, no yeah. matter how, if, if let's say he has another boom season, like he had this, the first season on the channel, I don't care how good he was. He has to be sold. He has to be gone at the yeah. end of the season. And, I, you know, I mean, I love Ozan, don't get me wrong. But that's like this is like the window we have with him. I think he's 27 now. So, yeah. So, I mean, if, if he has a really good season, we have to sell and capitalize. And, and he, I mean, he, he needs to move. I mean, he can't do any better in Turkey anymore. I mean, his development is completely stagnated. Yeah. Um, and, and obviously, I mean, for Besiktas, if, if we can still get good money out of uh, obviously, if we get anything out of him, it's profit because we only paid like 500k or something for him. But I think, you know, six, seven, eight million would be really nice. And yeah, uh, sure. I think that's still possible if he has a good season. Um, but obviously, uh, I mean, from, from all these kids, the one that really stood out to me as being like, you know, you have some where you're like, oh, yeah, this one I could see being part of the first team rotation, maybe a backup, whatever. But with Muhayar Oktay, in every single friendly he's played, he's given that 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 feeling of this kid's ready. Yeah, He can play yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. He reminded yeah. me a bit of Manuel Fernandez, actually, like the way he controls yeah, the ball and puts his body around it. And the Vendors really couldn't get the ball away unless they made a foul. And defensively, he reminds me of Medel, but like with more size, you know, who can actually shield guys up. I remember the first impression he made on me was his first appearance, where he was holding guys off to, to control the ball in a way that was almost like Atiba-like. You know, that was impressive. I, I, he's young, but he's already kind of learned how to use his size and position. Yeah. And it really makes me mad, honestly, that like last season, we were out in a title race the, the last three or four games, and this guy didn't even get one minute. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we, we the Chanel Gunesh. There are a lot of things that 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 were negative that, that are still being felt because of mistakes he made. Shinji Kagawa, we can say by the way, mm -hmm. officially he's gone. He's signed yep. with Finally. Real Zaragoza in the second division of Spain. Zaragoza, <laughs> Zaragoza. What a loser, man! I what mean, is the start from He's a, his dream of playing in Spain is, I guess, happening. Uh, I'm surprised it wasn't at least for Celta Vigo, where he could be in the in La Liga. Zaragoza is a really nice club, though. I get why he's doing that. I don't agree with the sentiment of what a loser. And I've seen a lot of negative comments from Besiktas fans on this decision of his. But I actually think it's quite commendable. I mean, he had this dream to go and play in Spain. That was on his bucket list. 
I mean, you need to realize he's 30 years old right now. This is his window. He does. He's not going to get a contract offer when he's 33 in Spain. He's still going to be able to come back to Turkey when he's 33. Yeah, you know, that's say, the difference like I, there. If, and if, he, yeah, if it really okay, doesn't go well, like we could go back yeah. for him next summer. I mean, <laughs> and, and it's the Segunda División. Okay, fine. Whatever. That's still one of the best second divisions in the entire world. Plus, Zaragoza is a pretty big club. People should not underestimate that. They've played plenty of La Liga football. They'll probably in contention for promotion you know and if, if all goes well there they, he might be playing uh, primera division next season yeah, so yeah. i mean i don't i don't think it, it, i think it's it, i think it's a plausible this was his wish he didn't choose for money he didn't up for money he just went for his personal ambitions and i don't i don't get how you could knock that obviously i would have loved to have him at the for squad depth this season and with squad depth i i, I still think he would play loads mm-hmm. ideally um, I do think he would be a yeah. starter, honestly. Yeah, we would. Find I don't know, man. From what we saw from him, I, I was really impressed with him. Would, I know you find said. A way. I think Abdul Aziz kind of, would have definitely yeah. been able I mean, to utilize him. I think people kind of downplay his his contributions, but you know he only played good in a couple of games. But that's not really true in my opinion. I think he he showed a lot of quality in the limited time that he got, and I think it wasn't a very unnurturing environment for Channel Gunesh who let did me, not let me use a metaphor seemingly here. did not want him in the team. If you have a crappy car that's broken down, you could replace like the brake pad with like an elite brake pad. It's still not gonna make the car function. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's true. So I feel yeah. like what we saw he was phenomenal. Like he was holding the ball really well, getting out of tight and he was okay spreading for example, it out. Fener first half, that was like one of the best performances individually by any player I have yeah. seen in the past years. But there were a lot of games in which he was like invisible. And I don't know if that's due to him being really over the top or just Shadow Gunesh being Shadow Gunesh. I thought he was I, did, I thought against Trabzonspor when he came in he was he was the, the only reason we were still in that match. And obviously then he lost the ball and they scored two one, but that wasn't just him, yeah, and I think he really—he was... had a big quality inje- injection there too. I mean, you could see that technically he was just far and above one of the best players in the league. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, we have Leitch. He's done is younger. Done. Yeah, I, it's I not like the I end of the world. It's not getting him. It's not a, a, a crisis by any means. It's not a catastrophe. Uh, we have Ljajic. We're. we're on the market for a left wing we are, we're all very pleased with how tyler boyd's preseason has gone he's been very solid yeah. uh and in fact like he's in a way more of what we needed because of the energy he brings the pace yeah, you for know sure. like uh the heart kind of you know he's one of those guys mm-hmm. who puts it all out there but anyway let's get back to this match that was our last hashtag shinji watch you know unless he decides to return next year should things not yeah. go well in spain but anyway back to panathinaikos yeah, sayonara, Shinji. Uh, so the second half began. Bejitash was up 2-0, uh, as we talked about. At this point, Panathinaikos subs, uh, they make three subs in the 46th minute, two more subs in the 61st minute. So at this point, they've taken their A team out. Our B team is still out there, or even C team. You know, these guys C are young. Uh, but, and, but so obviously, I would imagine their fatigue is starting to kick in. They have not played. A match like this, you know, with the, with the squad in a long time. It's been a long summer. Uh, Beshash has not made any subs at this point. And sure enough, in the 62nd minute, Donis scores on an assist from Insua, as we mentioned, former Galatasaray 
and so the score is now two to one. Uh, shall we talk about this goal at all? Do we really even need to? Do we care? Yeah, I think we should because I think if that d- does not take a deflection, it's still two nil. Because Ersin, yeah, Ersin was unbeatable up until that point, and the only reason it went past him is because it took a deflection. So Sally, give us the color commentary. What happened? Honestly, if VAR was present, that goal was disallowed. Because, in my yeah, opinion, fall. it's a clear foul just before the goal. When it's the, I don't know who slid that. It was Insua, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. He hit our player pretty hard. And yeah, well, you can't do anything about it. The ball just goes through everyone's legs and stuff. And it has a deflection. And I agree with Khan. Ersin would probably have saved it if it didn't take the deflection. And, and it, it should be noted, you know, we're just talking about the goals, basically. But... Uh, to this point, Ersin has had a phenomenal match. He's made a number of big saves to the point where it seems like it's actually deflated Panathinaikos. They're feeling like they're not going to get past him. Uh, he's To this point, I've noticed Khan in the group chat really getting kind of excited even about Ersin because it's true. Like he, he, had, yeah. he was having a standout match. And it's a shame I'm, that I've never seen that. Shit, like, I have never like seen that from a, a young Turkish goalkeeper who is making his basically debut at 18 years old. I have never seen a Turkish goalkeeper at that age radiate that sort of confidence and back it up. Really, I know it's just a friendly match, but it is against Panathinaikos. Yeah. Um, and this was, I think, for him an important match because up until now whenever we've played in a cup match when there was like not the first goalkeeper starting it's always been Utku yeah. and I think we can all agree every time Utku was the shit <laughs> I mean and you don't mean that in a I'm, good way <laughs> you know I mean I, I you know I, I I just sometimes I feel bad saying stuff like that because by the off chance that the kid would like happen to listen to the Black Eagles podcast that's so bad for his morale now I highly doubt he does that I doubt but, he speaks English uh, so I don't I don't want to talk shit about a young player, but uh, he is just such a bang average. He was terrible. He was pretty bad. <laughs> he's he's not any good. I mean, and and it's I think it's 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 a oh, I I don't how is it possible that this is the first time Ersin Destanola gets a chance? Okay, I know he was only like 17 years old last season, but. Come on, Chinel had him in the training camp. He went with the, the the squad last season on training camp too. He's seen him in action. I know we didn't play any cup games, but I don't know. He didn't even try him out in any friendlies as far as I know. And this kid, he looks the real deal. That's the first time I've seen a young goalkeeper at Besiktas where I really think that, hey, this kid could actually have a future. Because contrary to all the, the Turkish goalkeepers we've had over the past couple of decades, he plucked balls from the sky with confidence, didn't fumble. Um, he held on to the ball when he needed to. He made really some really impressive one-on-one saves. Um, early on, Sally said that his footwork wasn't too impressive, but I t- actually thought it was pretty good. And he was, and and the thing I really liked is that Panathinaikos put very high pressure, constant pressure, also on the goalkeeper. So he did get several back passes where he had to solve something uh, within a few seconds. He didn't get lots of time to make a decision, and his long balls didn't go out of bounds 
I don't remember them going out of bounds. At least they always seem to reach a teammate. And I'm not saying that they always, uh, that we always won the aerial or whatever. But I mean, his long balls were decent. His distribution with his feet was decent. Uh, and he didn't panic when the ball was played into his feet, like something we saw with Utku early on against uh, what, what friendly was that Udinese or, or Brescia or whatever, uh, where he made a stupid own goal basically. Um, and the thing is with Utku, we've seen more of Utku. We've seen him in, in the league last season against Antalya Spor. Uh, and that was a little bit of an unfortunate match for him. But, uh, I mean, he didn't make any impression there. Um, and and then we've seen him in the cup. He didn't make any impression there either. I mean, I I've, I've remember, you know, asking Sali, because Sali is a goalkeeper. In, uh, in in what you know he plays as a goalkeeper too so he has a little bit of more of an eye for it I remember like in the past asking him to keep a little bit of an eye on Utku and then you know in this friendly I said late watch Ersing closely so I'm very curious what what Sai is gonna say but whenever Utku's played I've never had the impression that this kid could ever be the number one of Besiktas and with Ersing I do have that impression I I'm not you know obviously we need to see a lot more of him to come to that conclusion but the first early signs yeah. here are all positive. I didn't see a single negative thing that I could really point out that was a so major Sally, flaw. Sally, where keep we, it, we, keep I it don't tight, Sally, but what do you think? Okay. I have one thing, like, what really surprised me and what's really positive is I don't think I have seen a Turkish goalie having this posture and being this dominant yeah, in his area. Yeah. Like, when Ersin is there, you immediately feel his presence, like he's much yeah, bigger than the rest. Corners and and he's, he was up in the air getting those balls, plucking them down. I mean, he was really dominant, and that's, I think, a very important thing for a goalie to have. Like, strikers and attackers basically have to fear you before they even try to approach you. And Tolga Zengi and Utku don't really have that, for example. <laughs> yeah, Tolga, especially. He will wait for you. He'll like, uh, he's like a matador, you know? He's waiting for the approach. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, good points, everyone. Uh, I think. We'll have to probably talk about Arizona a little bit more as we talk about transfer rumors and whatnot, uh, and and then predict maybe the lineup for the first match day against Sivas. But anyway, going back to the match, uh, Ozan Akun came in the 67th minute after the goal for Orkan Chinar. Uh, I should note that Ozan played a lot of the a lot of wing rather than striker, uh, which I, it's like this thing that's. I noticed this a lot in Turkey. We always, whenever we have a young striker, we like try him out on the wing a ton, just just to see, you know, like mm -hmm. just, just play the guy where he plays, man. Don't we have any young but wingers? I don't know if he is a striker. Maybe though. not. I, yeah, I, I don't know. know. I, mean, I mean, he's got loads of goals. Yeah, I was gonna in, say he was youth, but down. I don't know if he's a, if he's a striker or if he's more like a scoring winger. I, I honestly I know don't actually know. for a fact that he played most of his game as a ten or as a striker. So he is yeah, not a winger. I didn't think he looked like much of a winger, honestly. But anyway, I don't want to get too bogged down there. Seems a little small for 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 a pure striker though. So I get why. Uh, Abdul Akchi maybe is trying him out on the wing, but uh, we didn't see much of him in the training camp. He got a goal, I think, in the 7-1 against... No, he got two goals against Kojeli. Yeah. yeah. But those were both kind of like pinch hitter goals. They weren't like from open play, I think. So, eh, you know, we haven't really seen much of him. He's still yet. 17, so this yeah. may not be easier. That's 17 or 18. I mean, send that, that's, that's the type of kid that would really benefit from us having a team in the yeah, second division. Yeah. Like a like a young Ajax, young PSV type. Of, that's something exactly. we so desperately need. Like in this generation, from these players, I mean, we had eight on the field. I think all eight have the capability of at least 
being a starter in the Super League. I mean, if you look at Erkan Kash making a career for himself as a starter in the Super League, all of these eight kids could 100% be starters in the Super yeah. League. I'm not saying starters for Besiktas, but these are the types of kids at 18, 19 now, if they get plenty of minutes, they're going to be decent players at the age of 22, 23, 24. Uh, anyway, so back to the match. Uh, three more subs by Panathinaikos. In the 77th minute, Ahmed Gulai comes in for Kerem Kalafat, who had a pretty solid match as a right back. I don't know much about Ahmed Gulai, but anyway, shortly thereafter, in the 80th minute, uh, Donis scores again, assisted by Zahid, uh, making it 2-2. Two two. Uh, so we have a draw on our hands, another sub by Panathinaikos, uh, and then another sub by Besiktas. Jeremy Lenz comes out for Ilkay Ishlev, and that was his first appearance of the summer, I'm fairly sure. Uh, but that, that was it, I think. A couple place. more subs from Panathinaikos, and then uh, Umut Nair came out at the end for someone who I'd not seen before. Almost Khan Kalafat. Almost. What is that? This is a brother of uh, Kerem, I would I assume it was the Kalafat going there, but interesting. Uh, uh, very yeah. young. But so really, yeah, like, Ilkay is also supposed to be a pretty big town, by the way. So, but so Abdullah Avci really uh, went deep into the to the academy here to, to give guys a chance. Mm -hmm. You love to see it, you yeah. know, especially coming off the last few years of Chanel Ganesh. Like, I I have to say that our academy was a complete mystery for these last few years to the extent that yeah. I was gone. You remember I was talking about us maybe getting Amra or someone to do research into our academy yeah. and try to sort of drum up some information because we knew nothing about these guys so now we have footage we have film we have uh you know some real yeah. stuff to see but it's weird that you that we have to say that about Shinel Ganesh because he is known as a coach that has launched so many careers um and okay okay you know i mean Buha Kilmas wasn't a young player when he really launched. launched his career so to speak but like you know ozan tufan at bursa sport for example um, and of course, you know, at Trabzonspor in, in the 90s and in the 2000s, he la launched plenty of careers there. So it's a little weird that he didn't really give any chances to young players at Besiktas. Maybe it was the pressure of finally um, having a real being a at a team, being at a club that could actually win the title. Uh, with all due respect for Trabzonspor, but of course, he got close I'll tell really, you, man, really close. Abdullah Avci should have even more of that pressure. So it's even that much more impressive mm -hmm. that we're seeing him go that deep into the yeah. academies, especially early on but, where you'd think he'd have more pressure to maybe show results. And, you know, you already hear the, the boo boys, the chorus, you know, which which is lame, you know, considering that we're talking about our first preseason under this new coach with a yeah. new system and everything. But you hear him. But it's more in Afchi's DNA than it is in Shinal Gunish. I mean, he got lots of his success. I mean, if you look at the success he built up at Bashakshi here, um, that's come in large part as well due to players he's been working with from a very young age. I mean, he got Edin Vizca when he was 20. Nice. You know, he molded Edin Vizca into the player that he is today. Same thing can be said for, I mean, obviously Cengiz only played there for a year, but, you know, he was 18, 19 when he made his debut. And, and, Irfan Jan, you know, for example. Irfan, yeah, Irfan Jan, I mean, he already, I think he was like 23 already or something, or what is it? Uh, when he came from Genshterbili, but yeah, Mahmoud Tegdimir, Volkan Babajan, he had a huge part in Volkan Babajan's career. I mean, he coached him back in the day when he when Turkey won the under, what was it, under 17 uh, European Championship. So. Yeah, Volkan Babajan was part of that team, Javan Erkin was part of that team, like lots of the, the players that, uh, you know, that's why he 
why he wanted Volkan Babajan really badly at Bishakshi here. So it'll be uh, fun I mean, to see like guys like Tyler Boyd or even Muhayir, you know, some of these younger guys who could be with this club for years. And it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see what Abdul Avji can do as far as molding them. Into I'm really, uh, you know what, I'm really excited about to see what he can do with an Aydin Hasic. Because Tyler Boyd, okay, he's young, when he's 24, 25, he's not that young anymore. Sure. You know, it's not that much molding anymore he can do. I really feel like, like Hasic. In, but I gotta say, in terms of Tyler Boyd, yes, he's 24, but I feel like he's one of those guys who like had a growth spurt a little later than others, right? Because mm -hmm. he's really kind of come into his own. Yeah. Maybe in the last year and a half. I, I think really. I think it's not abnormal for players from like uh, like the US Zealand, and, and maybe right? from like New these, Zealand yeah, and, and, and Australia. Yeah, you exactly. Know, I mean, Boyd made a, made his debut at at a professional level at a really young age, but he didn't really get to play a lot until he was a little bit older. And that's what we see a lot with the MLS players too. Like, you know, for example, Kyle Lauren was like, what, 21 or 20 or something, you know, whereas in Holland, Belgium, uh, now these kids for us now, they're 18 years old. That's how it should be. Um, but in Turkey, you know, we often see 21, 22, uh, you know, and I think with Tyler Boyd, I don't know if there's that much molding left to be done. I think he is pretty much already like the player that, that Avci expects from him. I'm sure he'll improve still under Avci, but I think, you know, like, I think he'll be kind Ivan of Hussik's reined really... in, you know, I think he'll gain a kind of tactical awareness that could be really yeah, beneficial. Yeah, but I mean, Hasic is 17. For sure, yeah, no, no, that's not, yeah, yeah you're right. That, that, like that could be guy. the new Vizca, that could be literally be the new Vizca or an even better version of Vizca because he's supposed to be a massive town, so we'll have to wait and see, but I think uh, it's going to be very interesting. Yeah. And that might also be, uh, I don't know, I mean, he already signed last year in January, I guess, on, in, in pr principle, I mean, he hasn't officially signed yet, but we're waiting till he's 18, we've had an right? agreement for him for a while, so I don't what know is if... It September? if October? Uh, November is his birthday, his 18th birthday, okay. so I, I, I don't know, uh, but I don't know. <laughs> I think no, he's eligible in January, so yeah, maybe normally. we may see him in a cup game or something <laughs> if we go through. Yeah. But other than that, I don't think we will be seeing much of Hasic this season, because yeah. we have Boyd and Orkan is there, Lance is there, Quaresma Unless, of course, if he is super impressive in training and, and after and just maybe. So Is he definitely a winger, in Hasic? He can play a ten. A he can play a winger. I thought he, he may have play. been a ten as well. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I think you know from uh, from what I've heard, I think I think he's more ten really, but he can play on both wings. And Maybe like Leitch. Yeah, he's kind of more. I think that Leitch type. Well, all right, we'll have to wait and see. I mean, lots can change. The kid's seventeen, you know. Yeah, yeah. We're, but all right, let me rain, let me rain in this episode there. here. So. Um, that's it for the friendly. It ended two to two. Do we have anything else to say about the like? So the preseason's over. It's official. Any mm. final comments? I, let, let's move. Let's move on because we've actually already alluded to a number of uh, guys who we've been linked to. So let's let's get things started now. We've talked already about the fact that Karius is injured for a few weeks. Uh, Arison is coming off a very impressive performance. Now, how impressive are we talking? Are we? Is there any way that Ersin Destanalu is our starting keeper for weeks one through three or whatever it is? Uh, so, or are these rumors we're hearing, which we'll get into now, uh, correct? What do you guys think? So, I literally have a clear opinion on this one. I don't think a guy like Ersin should stay at Besiktas this season. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is he's like uh, 17 or 18 years old 
And at this age, that guy needs to play. It doesn't even matter if it's in the Super League or in the First League. He needs to play every week. So when I read the rumors about Volkan Babajan joining us, I was very happy because that's someone who um, is good enough for us to be our reserve goalie. So who can just play the first few games and who also won't complain and who is not really having any room for development anymore. Yeah. So I think that would be the perfect short-term solution. And you see big clubs in England doing it. Uh, you see big clubs in Spain doing it. They usually have an older guy on the bench. Yeah. Yeah. And their main goalie and their younger goalie is loaned out, so he gets playing time. Yeah, and it'd be nice if that older goalie on the bench is not Kogazengin. <laughs> you know, someone maybe no, like, I mean, a little not more Zengen, but Volkan Babajan was someone who yeah, played yeah, yeah, the exactly. national team for years. But he is, is he yeah. still technically the national team starting keeper? No, Mertes. Mertes, yeah, he took that over. I mean, not so long ago he was, though, so that's why I asked. I mean, yeah. two years ago, Volkan Babajan was like our main keeper, and Everyone was, I mean, I was impressed by him. Yeah. He yeah. was pretty confident and he yeah. got as many points, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Or saved us points. And it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, and it's very interesting that, that uh, you know, because I did speak about that earlier about the relationship that Abdullah Afci has with him. Um, and then to see that he dropped him last season for Mert Gunok. But you never heard any complaining from Volkan, never anything. And the thing I really like is because where we, we this was something that we were, you know, which annoyed us until limitless uh, heights uh, in the past with Shilin Gunesh is that he had this um, love relationship with certain players where they could do no wrong in his eyes. And that's something I really like. And I know this is off topic, but it's something I really like about Abdullah Avci is like he has this really long-term relationship with Volkan Babajan, more than a decade of a relationship with that guy. Yeah. Really close, that he's worked really closely with him. And he dropped him last season because Mecht was better. I think that's what you want in a coach. Yeah, right. It's oh, not yeah, because I, you. I see what you're yeah. To here. <laughs> yeah, for you know? sure. And, <laughs> but, and, and I think the fact that, I mean, if this would ha end up happening, that also then shows that there's no there's no hard feelings there and that Volkan would still like to work with um, with uh, with Abdullah Afci. So, uh, yeah, I'd be all for it. I mean, I think I've said it before. I think we need an older goalkeeper. Uh, Volkan is 31 or 30 or 31 or something like that. That's perfect. I mean, like Sally said, there's not much room for improvement there. I think he's peaked. I mean, sometimes, of course, goalkeepers peak past our 30, but I think Volkan has peaked. Um, but like, yeah, like, yeah, you know, you as long as the wage can... The coach, or he knows yeah. him. Um, I mean, so just yeah. before we sort of settle in on that were there have we had any other rumors on keepers besides Volkan? that bursa goalie i believe yeah what's his yeah. name that Schengeser. went on for a long time yeah. um, and Sinambo. so yeah that we can definitely say umut merash is off you know for a long time that was linked as this like double yep. swoop where we were paying like, we joined le havre yeah he's gone to le, le havre in league b <laughs> de. De, whatever. De. Ligue, uh, Ligue, Ligue, whatever yeah uh whatever it's called but yeah he's not even in the top league of france uh which is not so good for the national team perhaps because he was league de is really good by the way uh don't underestimate it there's lots of really big talents that play in league de. uh the belgian teams often get players from league de, and they are very frequently top well, I just players mean insofar as that uh, since Umut Medash has started to creep into the starting line of the national side, I bet Chenel Gunesh, speaking of Chenel Gunesh, uh, probably would have preferred that he was playing for, you know, a, a better team in theory. For mm -hmm. the national team anyway. Maybe 
you're right in a developmental sense. Yeah, but I mean, there's Zeki. Yeah, he was never Umut Meresh was never going to be the first choice. He was always going to be back up to Zeki. I thought he was on the right side. Uh, I mean, to be honest, uh, Umut Meresh is a left back. Zeki is a right back. Oh, yeah. what am I saying? Yes, yes, of course. But no. Hassan Ali, I mean, I was pretty impressed by his performances in the national team, and I don't yeah. think Meresh would ever make the cut if Hassan Ali is fit. No. I was never impressed with Umut Merash and I was not at all excited by the rumors that were linking us to yeah. him. So anyway, but yeah. so anyway, I feel like that may dampen the rumors about the uh, the Bursaspor keeper that were, was, was supposed to be coming alongside Umut. Well, Bashakshir wants him and uh, if they're will I mean they're probably more than willing to pay that 10 million lira that uh, that Bursa are asking for and then the rumor is that if they get Mohamed Chingiz there then Volkan Babajan is free to leave and join us. Okay. Uh, I don't think we would be paying a fee. I mean I can't imagine us being willing to pay a fee. Um, and I think that Bashakshir probably since that Volkan is not really their starter anymore wouldn't be uh, playing too hardball on that so I don't know exactly but that's of course the, the rumor right now we don't know how credible that is but I think you know Volkan is a, a good choice but the big question is how much money would he make uh, I think anything above 1 million would be too much for a reserve goalkeeper I think ideally you want to want a reserve goalkeeper to make like six seven hundred I'm sure that Volkan makes a decent living at uh, at Bashakshi here, so I could understand the slightly higher wage than that. But I think if you're gonna pay one million plus for your reserve goalkeeper, that's a little bit too much money. I mean, we did that for too many years now with Tolga. Well, and so speaking of French football, and speaking about the back line of our defense, but on a b brighter note, I think we definitely have to mention. Well, we have to mention we actually have a player now. For the longest time, we've been complaining about how we need a left back. And sure enough, we've got one. Speaking of Umut Merash, he's not the one. Uh, it is Pedro Rebocho, uh, a young Portuguese player who's coming from Gingamp. Uh, who wants to talk about Sally, do you want to go first? Sure. What do you I have mean, to say about Pedro? He's the best and, left and let me first say, sorry, time out. Let me first say that we're going to have, as always, the Pedro episode. Khan's uh, lined up some great... Uh, analysis and everything as always so stay tuned for that that will be coming out uh, probably later on in the week next week i suppose uh but yeah sorry sally the Go pronunciation ahead. by the way i was just calling pedro for the sake of it. it's just easier yeah. so as a close Gingon follower, I can say that Pedro is the <laughs> best left back in the world. Aha! That's what I want to hear. Uh, now, nah, jokes aside, um, I really didn't know the player until his rumors came up uh, to us. And it's pretty cliche. I watched some YouTube videos, and what I concluded from there, and I mean, it's not very reliable YouTube, but. It looks like we got a pretty offensive fullback. Um, I can't say anything about his defensive performances. Um, he has 12 assists last season, but that number is quite exaggerated, I think, because overhyped, especially because he takes all set pieces there. So that's like saying Quaresma got 14 assists to wow, but no. 
Well, uh, at the same time, right? Quaresma is out, so we're gonna need someone to do that. Yeah, so it's I not mean, bad. He was. He looked like a good set piece taker, good crosser, and he looks pretty tough defensively. But like I said, I haven't seen full games of him. But I have heard good stories. He was a youth player for the Portuguese side. Portugal yeah. lacks left back, so if he does well, he may even get into the Portugal side, and we may yeah. have a pretty high national player on our hands. But still, that's the, I, that's what I was gonna say, and at a very superficial level, uh, and by which I mean, you know, you see his upbringing. He played. He came up with Benfica's youth academy. Uh, they're pretty well renowned for for doing a good job there in terms of development. Yeah, uh, he has played for the Portuguese under 19 side, as you also mentioned, or as you've mentioned. Um, and yeah, you know, just at a, at a very superficial level, you know, his career is on an upward trajectory. He played for Moreirense, I think, mm -hmm. and then Gingamp and now Besiktas. So it seems like one step at a time, he's moving mm -hmm. up. Uh, yeah, I mean, ideally, yeah. yeah, he breaks into the national side while he's with us. It's yeah. a perfect signing in this regard. I mean, I mean his value can only go up. It's uh, in 2000. I mean, it's in May, in June, I believe, the European Championship. So he may well, very well, be the starting left back for Portugal by yeah. then. And, we and may if he is, and if he is, he could be uh, worth a lot of money. Like, uh, yeah. Exactly. Um, but uh, you know, I'm not gonna say too much. I just finished recording uh, a special Pedro Rebocho episode. <laughs> yes. Uh, with special guest uh, Pierre Henri Dufay, who uh, is uh, works for the radio in uh, France, a local radio, and he comments on all of Gangon's matches, so both home right. and away. So he's seen every single match of Pedro Rebocho. So um, yeah, he had lots of stuff to say. I'm not gonna reveal no anything. Spoilers, then. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing so I'm stay gonna... tuned. Yeah, you'll have to go out and listen to that. That's coming out later this week. However, one thing I will reveal to you, how he described him is constant. That's, that's nice, after Jeanette. <laughs> yeah, I see. After Jeanette, that's, like, that's a breath of fresh air. So yeah. let's, let's just leave it at that, guys. Stay tuned. Yeah. Be there or be square. Uh, and let's, let's talk more about rumors because we have some of that to talk about. And then I also think we have to talk a little bit about what we want to see in CFUS, what we can expect to see. Uh, so before we part, there are two more positions that are under intense speculation. And we're not going to talk about central mids or defensive midfielders because none of that seems particularly solid. But what we do need to talk about is A, a striker, because Burak Yilmaz is going to be out for some time. Mm -hmm. And B, and maybe you can reverse the order on this. Maybe A, a left midfielder, and B, a striker. But however, we, whatever. But yeah, those are the two positions that we're being linked with the most at present and that uh, we definitely have a need for. So let's talk about the real, the, 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 the big time rumors that we have out there. For starters, I think we have to go at left wing uh, and primarily, I, I think, Kono Plianka, because that's where all the noise at least online and among the fan base seems to be. What do we have on Kono Plianka right now? <laughs> okay, so um, honestly, um, now that Boyd has come, we have seen that Alge puts him on the right side. So we're basically looking for uh, someone Douglas, who will replace Quaresma on the left side. Yeah. Uh, finally, <laughs> that guy's done. Yeah. Um, 
And I honestly don't think it won't be Quaresma. It won't be Konoplyanka. Because it won't be. It won't be because his name has now been put up so much in social media. I mean, I feel it's like not the Ali Naibi way to draw attention away from the real target. And I think it will just be like boom instantly, like Victor Ruiz, like this Robocho guy. We will hear someone, and it will be done. Mm. But the thing I, like I want it. to rebuttal that with, uh, you know, I agree with Ali Naibi. We've seen his mo this uh, this this past transfer window is that usually these guys come out of nowhere, um, except for one Tyler Boyd that was dragged out that we knew he was a ta- main target, um, and there were uh, acknowledgments from his club Vito- Vittorio de Gemeras that Besiktas they were negotiating with Besiktas and stuff like that, and that stuff we didn't hear about Riza Durmisi, had stuff we didn't hear about um, Vitor Hugo even, oh, oh, Vitor Hugo clearly that was the case, but uh, because he was kept quiet, but which other ones? Kolodzijak, uh, we didn't hear anything from his club, uh, who else have you been firmly linked with? Um, Umut Meraj. I mean, yeah, from Umut Meraj, well, Umut Meraj, we didn't really hear anything from his club either, that was yeah. all from the media. You know, it was all media produced. But the difference here from Konoplyanka, we have heard from Schalke, uh, their director of football, uh, Jochen Schneider, uh, commented uh, towards uh, Was Plus, I think, or something, something like that. Uh, and they did. He did confirm that there's talks going on with Besiktas right now, but that there's no agreement yet. But that does make me think that Konoplyanka is a very serious option because there is acknowledgement from the Schalke camp there. Uh, I don't think that Konoplyanka is very hot in the market right now. He's not a hot commodity. There's not a lot of competition for his signature. Which is weird. Um, I still don't understand. Like, I, maybe I appraise well, the guy too highly. I just It's, it's not weird, weird because he's kind of flopped at Sevilla. He's kind of flopped at Schalke. You know, English clubs aren't going to go in for him. Obviously, the, cl- the window is closer anyway. But, you know, La Liga is out of the question. England's out of the question. The rest of Germany aren't very interested in him. Yeah, Italy I mean, is not going to want to touch him because he flopped at those two top competitions that much, well that's the thing a player like that where's he gonna go he's gonna go to that's turkey he's gonna yeah. go back to ukraine he's gonna b- go perhaps to russia, russia but you know China, that's a sensitive su- sense subject that's true so, yeah, not these days yeah turkey is probably one of his few realistic options within europe that can afford his wage load so i think he's a realistic target in that sense and he seems and to rebel just, in the, the all the come to beshiktas noise too he's the kind of guy who Kind of, you know, who who might not like. I think a lot of guys when they get to the airport in Istanbul and they have all that noise and stuff, they kind of get scared by it. He's not the guy who would be like that, you know. I think he he could really enjoy yeah. the noise that comes with. I mean, yeah, he's acknowledged the come to Besiktas stuff. Four three three tweeted at him come to Besiktas a couple of times, and he responded to it with a black and white uh, emoji. So uh, I, and let then, me. That's a yeah. perfect segue, Khan, because. Yeah. Speaking of uh, online presence and emoji talk and all of that, today's hot item actually comes from Mohamed El Yunusi, mm-hmm. who also had a bit of a Sally. I'm going to turn it to you. I'm going to hand you the mic. Did you get? Did you see this stuff with El Yunusi today? I tweeted it. Yeah. So yeah. So you must it. have then. Okay. <laughs> um. I don't think it means much, honestly. Like Konopiaka did it, Ayanusi did it. So, so what is it? Tell, t- tell our listeners, what, what did he do? What I think is um, that these are players we are negotiating with. 
but these are players that want the fans to pressure the board to get them so they get more salary that's what i tend to think because um so what did he do what was he, like, was he responding yes. to a news article like what did el Yunusi do he said he did the same as konopianka literally the same he did the black and white thing and just like konopianka so it like doesn't really say much like in response to uh, in response to a Besiktas fan that wrote come to Besiktas on his yeah. Instagram page. Ah, I see, okay. Okay. And I mean, um Khan said earlier like Schalke director um has announced the negotiations with Besiktas but uh, and that makes me think like Schalke wants to offload Konoplyanka badly. Like they don't really want him anymore. Um, yeah, they want him on so the wage bill. I think it, it we don't really have a problem with Schalke but it's more of Kolbianka's wages and mm -hmm. I think his demands are ridiculous and if it were doable it would have been done by now. Yeah, that's my opinion so. about Kolbianka. Yeah, but I think that's one of those things where like I said he doesn't really have mm, that many options. You know, usually Fenerbahce would probably be in for him but they're not going to offer that's the problem with Fenerbahce now. Well, as their problem right now and I'm saying it with plenty of glee, they can't come in and you know, Diego us out of a deal again like they did with Diego you know where we had a deal with Diego and then they came in and offered him five million euro signing bonus and, and stole him from under our noses and then he completely bombed there <laughs> yeah. um, but they can't do that now with Konopianka for example so this is where because uh, they're tied down with the, Talcao and all that you mean I think no, but the thing with Konoplyanka, what I think is that uh, this might not be done this week. This might go until the 31st or uh, the 1st of September. I hate those but ones. I think this is, you know, I don't. Obviously, it's possible that we sign someone else, but I think at the end of the day, we will sign a left winger. And if it goes to the wire, I think Konoplyanka will sign and it will be for favorable conditions for us, most likely. Uh, but uh, yeah. So that's course, your prediction. Sally. What about you? No, not necessarily. I mean, it can become somebody completely different too. But I just think that the Konoplyanka rumors are true. I That's mean, all I'm it, saying. I think we are seriously negotiating with him. The Bolasi stuff has cooled down quite that's a bit. That's not happening. Bolasi is not. Ah, coming. that's just agent games. That's, I don't yeah. believe it. He does not fit the profile. And, it's and not happening. Additionally, the Schneiderlin stuff has also cooled down. So Everton seems to be kind of out of the picture now. It looks like the deal that we were. I mean, so supposedly the guys, the Ali Nabi went to England. Although then we ended up with a guy from France, so <laughs> I don't know, and a guy from Spain, so I don't know. There's a yeah, lot of smoke Sch and mirrors. Schneiderlin could happen. That could happen. I mean, we still need a, a six, and he could play in that position. That could theoretically happen. Uh, but I mean, I watched Everton last uh, against Crystal Palace last uh, Saturday, was it? And yeah. Schneider is really bad. So please, I hope it won't happen. <laughs> I he can't even pass a ball for five meters. He will really disappoint. So please no. <laughs> God no. So but anyway, so so Sally, what do you predict for the left wing? What do you suppose we get? Do you think it's Konoplyanka? Do you think it's El Yunusi? Do you think it's something we haven't heard about yet or that we've maybe heard of briefly and stopped hearing about? I think it's going to be El Yunusi. Uh, no. No. I think his wage demands are less ridiculous. Um and Southampton, I think he would be cheaper for us. Uh, we'll probably loan him. Uh, Konopianko will probably buy, although I would rather have us buy someone. But uh, they're talking about like we will still do four or five more transfers and we don't have that much money. Mm. So I think that... When did they say that? Four or five? 
Um, so last, uh, I saw some reporter, I think it was Frat or Sejan, he was talking like, we will get a striker, a left winger, a number six, and the goalie. So that's mm. four players. Wow. Yeah. Maybe. That's best case scenario. I think, we'll get, scenario, but still, I think like, we'll get two more players. I think more. that well, the number six is probably the last priority. I'm, I'm yeah. not- I'm not really counting the goalie because that's some reserve guy, some, probably someone like Bokan Babajan. Yeah, but that's on the first I think team the transfer. Left wing and the striker are the most important because um, yeah. I think we'll come to that, to, to the striker part later. But let me say this I don't really trust Burak to play like even 25 40 games. games yeah. yeah, yeah. I've been saying that from day one. Even when I was anti Burak, which I've gone on the record as having stopped being. But. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I think clearly you need a good, reliable backup who you can kind of count on to play games and perform when when needed. You know, not maybe yeah. not Guven Yeltsin quite yet. Uh, but so, Sally, so tell us quickly. Mm-hmm. Predict the left wing, and then uh, I'm going to put this on you. Then segue us to striker. Uh, so my left wing prediction is Alinusi because he'll probably be alone. Okay. He will be alone if you get him. Um, and now moving on to the striker, I think the left winger is the has the most priority at the moment for us. Yeah. And after that comes striker. And I have been looking up into this Polish guy that plays in Denmark. Uh, Supposedly, Abdul Avci has specifically requested him, right? Yeah, I read something about that, and I watched his profile, watched a few clips of him, and like he's the perfect Audi striker. He's a little older uh, though, right? 31 or something like that? He's 31 yeah. and that would mean he would uh, he would be willing to make a last like big step in his career. Mm. Uh, he will probably not be that pricey because he's quite unknown and comes from Danish League. And his numbers are phenomenal. Like, yes, uh, he has, he has uh, contributed to 41 goals in 50 games last season. Now his name is uh, Wilczek? Wilczek. Yeah. So, I am kind of hoping we get him. Uh, he looks like a good player to have in our system. Um, and breaking, that, if, I don't really if everyone's listening, Sally, if, if everyone's listening, you're breaking his heart. He was fully aboard <laughs> Team Abubakar. Uh, I don't think, I mean, Abubakar would be nice, but I honestly don't think we should be trusting on him. Um, so, but there is news, there is news on Abubakar. Supposedly, uh, we've kind of come to a sort of a verbal agreement with Porto. We're really waiting to see a medical report. Now, Khan, you've talked about his knee. How about Khan? Do you want to say anything about Abubakar? <clears throat> uh, but yeah, before I speak to that, I think, you know, just quickly want to pick in on, on the El Yunusi thing. You know, I think that's not that likely because, yes, we can loan him, but his buyout clause is going to be high. It's going to be like north of 10 million. And I don't think we're going to do that because we, uh, the Pedro Rebocho is an obligation to buy. And that's going to be probably for like, I estimate three and a half million because yeah, it hasn't we been. Numbers or we don't know the numbers, so that's why I'm estimating it's under four million. Because if it, if if it was above four, it should be reported probably. Uh, and because it's not been reported, it's probably lower. So I'm estimating around three and a half million. Uh, Gengon's asking price was five, so I can I can imagine we talked him down to four or three and a half. So I thought I saw you know, four and a half. I don't know. Anyway, it's an obligation, so that's something we know is going to happen. Look, Victor if Car- Ruiz. If Carius, yeah, with Victor Ruiz, we bought him. Well, we didn't loan him, but no, that's we so we already spent three and a half on him. So three million, I think, but doesn't matter. Anyway, 
so this is this is three and a half or four million or whatever we are spending for Rebocci. That's already for next season. That's for next transfer window. Add to that Lotus Carius. If he plays fifty percent of the games, it's eight million. That's already eleven and a half or or twelve million. We're already spending for next transfer window. But we're gonna have Champions he, League money, Khan, and Championship money. Any, <laughs> regardless, we are not yeah, and, and Europa League. We'll win we, the and we're gonna regardless. win the Europa League, Khan. Come on, man, get yeah. with the program. Regardless, if we even do all of that, we are not going to add a ten, eleven, twelve buyout clause or obligation. Uh, for next summer, Khan, but with I, have to, I have to put a little another a little waiver on that. Don't forget this. This board has shown some creativity in terms of making you know uh, two year loans plus deals. So, you know, yeah. maybe we'll get a three okay. year loan. <laughs> okay, that's that's possible. But uh, I mean, you know, uh, well, how much did Stoke pay for Elianusi? I think like fifteen, seventeen, something like that. So they're gonna w- want to recuperate part of that. They, he's not been there for very long. He's still only twenty four, twenty five. Um, they're not going to want to sell him at a huge loss. Yeah. So if they're going to loan him out, it's going to be for a big buyout clause. Imagine a uh, two no- plus two plus eight or something, you know? Two plus two plus eight? What is that? So, like two year, uh, so for two, a two-year loan, and we pay them two million for each of those years on loan, and then oh, eight yeah. at the end, you know, or something like that. Yeah, but uh, you know, yeah. anyway, uh, so I think that in that regard, I think Konopli, it's either, for the left winger, I think it's either going to be Konoplyanka or someone out of the blue. That's my prediction, because I think Konoplyanka is going to be relatively cheap in terms of buying him. I think we can buy him for 2 or $3 million. Um, so I think Konoplyanka is more likely. And then, of course, you know, the out-of-the-blue option is always there. Uh, but then I'll say about Abubakar. Uh, well, I think we spoke about it last time already. I think he has those, those knee injuries uh, that's been plaguing him a little bit. Uh, we'll have to wait and see, I mean, if we can get him through a medical cl- checkup. But the thing is that... Um, obviously, we want to bring in a striker now because Burak is injured. So we're gonna want a striker that's gonna be ready to play straight away. Yeah. Maybe not against Sivaspor. Probably not. That seems a little late already. But definitely that second match against I think Gustepe, we're gonna ha- want a striker that's gonna be able to play. So Abubakar, I think that's not very likely. Obviously, if he can get through the medical, he's only 27. He's a, he's a guy for the future then in that regard, so he could still play for X amount of years. So that would be a good transfer in that regard. But this whole wheelchair thing, I I think this is going to be another case if we're going to get somebody out of the blue. I don't really believe wheelchair because he's 31 already. There's not any upside of selling him. Um, he's not going to be super expensive, no, but he's still going to cost two, three million. And I don't think this board is ready to pay two, three million for a 31-year-old striker from the from the Danish league. With all due respect, I just don't, don't, don't see that happening. Um, so I don't know. I think it's going to be an out of the blue name uh, or nobody at all. Uh, I should mention that the Sturridge was the British press linked us to Sturridge today. Yeah, but his, he's he's going to want want like what three and a half million a year. We're not going to yeah, get that. I. I I, I would kind of like to see Trabzon get him because it would just be fun for the league, but I don't see that as being realistic either for that same. I mean, a fit storage would take him all day, but uh, yeah, I would you know, too, we sure. all know that storage can stay fit. So, so anyway, so Salady, I'll, I'll hand it back to you because I kind of interrupted you. Uh, tell us any kind of striker stuff that Khan hasn't already gotten. It's worth noting that uh, Umut Nair played most of the match against Panathinaiko, so if anything, it could make sense that he was trying to get his fitness levels up for him to play in that first match. I mean, that's he did hyper well. speculative. Yeah, he did well. He did he, pretty well. 
best player is going to play, and I think Umut's the best player right now. He might be. He might be. I expect Umut. Because I, 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 you know, I think he gave those chances to Guven early on in the preseason to see if he's ready, and I think the conclusion was no. I mean, it should be interesting. So I think this might be where we finish the transfer segment and we talk about, because we're already doing it a little, let's talk about what we can expect against Sivas, maybe versus what we want to see versus Sivas. Uh, first and foremost, I guess let's just run through the starting lineup. Who do you guys see as the starting keeper on match day one against Sivas? Because that's maybe the biggest mystery right now. Ersin. Ersin. I think that short of getting Volkan Babajan like tomorrow, and that's. Yeah. You know, I mean, if we get Volkan Babajan even a day before the match, I think he will play if he, he's. Yeah, because uh, he's Abdulati's uh, guy. Certified. Yeah, unless we get Volkan, it will be Ersin, I think. But if we get Volkan, yeah, then Volkan. Sure. That's my prediction. Yeah. I, I actually think the odds are pretty good that it could be Volkan because. Again, like there has been no news about it, but like it's kind of crept to the news. Yeah, cycle, but then Bashak here may just make us wait just to screw and waste our time yeah. because they want us to drop points. Yeah, no, and it would be strategically kind of smart for them to do yeah. so. All right, if so let's. If they're smart, they make us wait. Let's move on because that was uh, not as controversial as I expected. Uh, let's talk about the defense. Um, right back should be Gokan Gonul. I think we can all agree. Nope. He's not no, fit. I disagree. He just got, uh, he just got uh, surgery. He's not going to be fit. Uh-oh. So is Douglas, I think it'll be Douglas. starting? Interesting. Yeah. He did not play at all, except for a brief cameo before getting also injured, uh, though slightly. Yeah, but he was that, that was only, uh, like you said, only a slight injury. So it's if Douglas is fit, Douglas will start. Otherwise, Kerem Kalafat. Wow. Okay, interesting. Uh, center, uh, the center of the defense... I guess no. Let's talk about the other flank first. On the left side, do you think Rebolsho Rebolsho gets the call on uh, <laughs> that day so. one? I think so. John Arkin had a terrible. John has been dreadful. Like literally half of the goals we conceded were because of him. Yeah, and it should be noted that he did not play in the last friendly against Panathinaikos, and he's the only one who was not injured. <laughs> so. Interesting. I mean, yeah, I think it was. I mean, if 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 in, in, uh, Pedro didn't has didn't come last week, I would even say Rudwan should get the call. I mean, Jana was that bad. The masked man, the masked mystery. Exactly. I think Jana will play. Ooh, so we have our first disagreement. <laughs> I'm gonna be the. I will be the decider, and I'm gonna have to agree with Khan. And I hate to say it. Uh, but this is partially like my negative, like, I, I hope I'm not carrying Chanel Gunesh negativity uh, into this. Because, like, Chanel Gunesh would never try a, a, a guy who would never played on match day one. But if it was Chanel Gunesh, I would certainly say Janner, but I'm just hoping Avj does it differently. I mean, like, we always look at Fatih Terim, how he plays those newbies in like two or three days after they arrived. And. <laughs> I, no, think I want I thing. want to see Hobosho. I want to see Hobosho get in. Yeah, me too. I but do. I think it's gonna be Janner because I think that Avchi's gonna give Janner another final chance, kind of. But obviously, his plan is for Hobosho to be number one. But I think this match is gonna. I think Janner will still start. 
And I, I mean, I think we this. can say, in fact, there's a, the X factor is going to be what Rubosho does in training this week, right? Like if he has a yeah. stellar week and he looks perfectly fit, we'll probably see him. But I mean, I think if if John Air starts, we definitely see Rubosho like off the bench at some point, maybe. Yeah, I hope. If John starts, we're definitely hitting a goal from his side. That's all I can say. Yeah, yeah probably, honestly. Okay. Uh, and Sivas has been proven fairly. You know, intelligent on the counter. But anyway, uh, let's move on to the center of the defense. Uh, we can probably all agree Doma Gojvida is going to be in there, possibly yeah. even wearing a captain's armband. I don't know if you guys noticed that. That was a thing towards the end of the... Uh, mm, yeah, well, I mean, Atiba may not... Captain, so Burak and Gekongun are not playing, probably. Isn't so. Atiba third captain? No, it, he there isn't even a backing order. Okay. He requested himself. Like I thought I it was, uh, I thought it was Burak, Gökhan, Atiba. No, it's uh, number three is Vida, I think. Uh, Vida wore. In the, in you may be right, actually. No, it's Atiba, I think. So. Yeah, anyway. it's Atiba. It's Atiba. I'm wrong. But then again, Atiba would probably play, so it's going to be Vida, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably the logic of it, and I guess we'll get to to the midfield. Yeah, we'll move there next. But first, we have to talk about who will pair with Tomáš Vida. Do you think Ruiz gets his debut? Yeah. I'm pretty sure about that. Yeah. Yeah, I would think so. Ninety-nine percent. Two weeks. Play. He's had two weeks under his belt with the squad training. Yeah, he's ready. He'll be. I mean, he's going to be expected to be ready, and uh, it's going to be one of those. Either he's going to be great, or either he's going to make a mistake, and he's going to get shed on straight away, and he's going to be like you he's going to get rokoed. He's going to get scapegoated straight he's away. Get rokoed. Really yeah. Vida makes a mistake. If someone has to make a mistake, please let it be Vida because yeah, he's yeah. going to be scapegoated so bad if he makes yeah. a mistake. Yeah, yeah, I agree. We really don't want to see it. Um. So let's move on. Defensive midfielder. Let's go on to that six. Who? So, all right. Before we talk about who we think it'll be, it should be noted that all summer, all preseason, our guys were not were not there. Atiba didn't play at all. Dorcan got an injury early on, um, and so in their stead, it was largely Erdem Sechkin who was playing. Uh, so, what do we predict, guys? I predict Ozan at six. Yep. Ooh. Same. Ooh, not Erdem. So you think Erdem is not going to get the call? No, nope. he played Olson in all friendlies at six, and and he really. Well, no, he didn't in the last two. Was, very... was Ozan injured? No, no, he just he just was. I think he was rest or something. Yeah, got rest. Because That's why I think Jana will play. What we saw all summer is like Olson really got always the spot at six and. Aujo was very keen on him in his press conference and stuff. I think he really trusts him as his register, like how he used Emre at Bajakshir. He will use also at us. Try, at least. Yeah. So then yeah. how about Osan number eight? Dorogan. Dorogan. Yeah. Dorogan. Uh, Atiba is, you know, has not played at all. Still coming back from an injury. Uh, I don't really see who, see who else it could be, huh? Yeah, okay. okay, moving on. Next one. Uh, so the last spot in the midfield, who's that going to? I'm going crazy, my Moya. Yeah, I think so too, unless Adam Leitch is fit. If Adam Leitch is, is if, if Afchi is confident... I think both play, honestly. 
No, I heard I that the so. injuries were not as bad as reported, and, and I read that as being like guys like Liaich and Yeah, but Dota their Khan injuries weren't ready. so bad. I mean, they were just out for 10, 12, 13 days, so that's not... I mean, they were out for four, for two weeks, which means fit in two weeks. Like, they're training for a few days now, right? Yeah, so, yeah, so that means basically they're out for like a week, and then they have to, or like 10 days, and then they have to like recuperate, and then they have to train a couple of days before they can actually play. So, I don't know if Adonaiich is training fully with the team yet, or in Durakhan, if they're fully training with the team, or if they're still doing just in individual training. Uh, but I think if they're both fit, and Abji thinks, doesn't, you know, thinks there's no risk for re-aggravating whatever injury they picked up, I think both of them will start. Uh, otherwise, I think Muhayir will start. Yeah, I'm going with Liaich. I think that that's likely. I, I I think he's already been training with the team. Yeah, what I he has. Remember, he joins the he joins the day after. It's like start Moyer and use Liaich uh, if things don't go his way. See, I so, actually my hot take, and I didn't slip it in earlier. I don't know why, but uh, I I think he could take Ozan's spot. Honestly, uh, we'll see. I'm not saying I six. want it, but just. Based on uh, like Abdul Avji's seeming trust in him and uh, his good form, honestly, like it, I don't think yeah, but Muhair is going to play either an eight or a ten. He's not going to play him at six. He isn't really a register. I mean, also fits that profile, but he's just not in form. It looks like so. Yeah, I don't know. It, it'll be a mystery. I, I wonder if maybe we play with two central midfielders instead. Is what I mean, but. Um, or, you know, like two, you know, without a classic six. But anyway, moving on, uh, let's go to the wings. And I think there should not be too much speculation here or, or uh, debate. On the right side, who do you guys have? Boyd. Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd. So we're going to get a debut, at least a, a competitive debut. And on the left side, who do you have? Now we might get some dispute. What do you think? Think yeah. Quaresma, Hope Lens. Think Quaresma, Hope Lens. How about you, Sally? I think it will be Quaresma uh, because he's just a cunt who gets into every trainer's lineup. Um, but I'm hoping for Lyage at the left wing. Or uh, Lens. In the worst case, Lens. But I'm hoping for Lyage on the left. So that Mohair can get that gets into that 10. Role, huh? Interesting. I mean, it's not an unusual position for him. I mean, he has played as much games on the wing as at the 10 role in Italy, so he should be fine on the wing. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised for Medel to slip into the midfield and let Leic on the left and us playing without a real offensive midfielder. So Medel up to six. Yeah. Uh, Well, I'm going to probably err on the side of Khan here. I. And in part to mention, because I don't think we've harped on it much, uh, Jeremy Lenz was really good against Panathinaikos, and I think it would be great to see him uh, get the chance to follow that up. Uh, Lenz is the kind of guy who you kind of, he like heats up like a kettle, you know, and so uh, he could ride that form into a few good games and then a good season, hope in theory. But uh, I think, like Khan said and like Sally, also said, I, yeah. I imagine. It I, I think it's much. difficult to gauge what Abdullah Afchi's current, um, how he sees light uh, lens right now. It's difficult because he didn't really play much in the 
in the Austria friendlies, but then, you know, he played a good game against Panathinaikos, so maybe that changed Avci's mind. I just hope that he's that he's looking at that and that he's, you know, coming to the same conclusions as we are that, you know, maybe Lens right now is more, uh, should should be playing. But, you know, the thing with Quaresma is he's been working really hard in training. Yeah, and he's been a uh, uh, good, we talked about how he's been a good yeah, presence. So I think that's going to get rewarded, even though maybe, maybe not the right. It was disastrous in the training camp, really, in all four friendlies. He didn't really do Yeah, no, yeah. Anything. And I don't know, maybe that's why I'm low-key expecting some radical changes because, like, we were really, really bad in the friendlies and that was our supposed lineup, what played there. Yeah, or at least, like, n the non-injured parts, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be fascinating. I think these first few weeks should be fascinating in that a lot of the guys who we expect to see a lot in the season might not be for, in form yet or, you know, quite healthy. So... We're going to see other guys get a chance, and some of them might grab that opportunity and then give us kind of a dilemma when mm -hmm. other guys get healthy and other guys might flop and we might never see them again. So it's, it's going to be pretty fascinating. I mean, last one before we, we wrap up, I guess, guys, striker. Who do you see being up front? I and mean, we've kind of talked about this, uh, you know. To mm -hmm. recap, both of you guys seem to think Umut Nair is the best player available at the moment. Is that who you think he picks? Honestly. Yeah. I think he will pick Umut Nair. Yeah, I think so too. Because it, it just fits the type of striker he wants. He wins the aerials. He is the target man. He pressures the defense a lot. And those are things we don't really see with Guen, uh, who is more of a secondary striker who needs like space to operate in. And... I don't think that's what we need in that 43. I don't think Guven showed anything in the training camp that exactly. convinced Abdullah Avci of uh, him being number two right now. I think and that's why I think we are looking for a striker because Guven has shown to be a very unreliable number two. I think it'll be actually a good kind of little test, you know, not not a nothing major or anything, but just for especially for Khan and I, it, it'll be interesting to see if. Abdul Avci is truly capable of kind of doing the right thing. Despite, I think probably the pressure, the momentum, you know, is to, to roll with Guven Yeltsin. He, he was in that number two spot in the depth chart. Um, he was just named to UEFA's like 50 top youngsters thing. You know, like I, I feel like there would be pressure that would carry someone like Chanel Ganesh to play Guven Yeltsin against like one's best interests, you know, without keeping that in mind. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what, what Abdul Avci puts up in that first. I think Avci is a coach that puts his system and his team first, not individuals. So I'm expecting him to make the right choices. I, I hope so. I, I think we can all say we hope so, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah right now for us is hope. We can't trust yet because we've been scorned. Exactly. By too many. <laughs> a heart scorned. I don't know. There's probably a good Shakespeare quote here. I mean, we were scorned by Bilic with his Mustafa Pektimek obsession. And then and the uh, Nejip obsession. Don't forget the 11 Nejips. Shin, yeah, and then Chanel came with his Nejip obsession and his... Yeah, Quaresma. other obsessions. Man, don't even talk about Chanel. I don't want any coach anymore who has obsessions. Seriously. I'm they all have there. obsessions. Uh, That's the best man play. Okay, then I want my coach to have the obsession to make the best man play. Like a healthy mm -hmm. obsession. Or, or to have some obsession that's like not related to football so that he can focus well, there. The, 
I mean, the thing is, maybe what a bad obsession of Auge is like he always wants to build it from the back. Like we rarely see a long ball anymore, and this may cause us conceding a goal at some point in the season. And it's going to put pressure on. And it, it, interesting, it puts pressure on Ali Naibi. Like we have to see if we made the right choices. Um, and it, it, it's good though in a way because it, I think it's going to create this kind of fusion between the front office and the and the manager. Where they kind of have to really be working together, you know, to 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 be getting the right guys for that system he has in mind. So yeah. I, I think we did get the right guys, though. If you look at it, I mean, on I think paper, so. Yeah, Bocho, I, I hope so. Vito Ruiz, then of course we already had Vida, and then we have Douglas. So I think we got three guys in that back four that are very capable with the ball at their oh, feet. Yeah. Um, and I think in the past we, well, actually, yeah, three of the back four. Yeah, and in the past I think we often had. Um, yeah, less so that situation, especially with that central, uh, you know, Duskotosic. Marcelo was the best, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I personally can't wait. Uh, it's been a long summer. I mean, it hasn't and it has. Like, last summer seemed a lot more torturous for some reason. Uh, I, I think a lot of the transfers came later in and, yeah. and like, not necessarily. It's got going now for us. I mean, we got two rapid fire transfers with Victor Luis and, and Rebocho, but of course now the, the the transfer window is closing soon. I mean, what is the date today? It's uh, well, we're recording the 13th, so we have 20. Yeah, we have 20 more days to finish our transfer. So it's still plenty of time, I guess. But I think if we can get that left winger done um, in the next week or so, in the next 10 days, then I think we can. I think we we can expect a decent season. And last year, it was the number 10 that we were waiting for. It seemed like this linchpin yeah. that without... Like this year, I think the linchpin may have been that back line. So the fact that we nailed those yeah, things le down... Yeah, that left back and that central and that left central uh, defender yeah, with the left... the left side of the defense, that was, yeah. Yeah, uh, that was... Yeah, we got that done still relatively early yeah, into the season. Exactly. I mean, they could play in week one. I mean, it's, we, we are upset. Yeah, so. I mean... Yeah, exactly. That's that's a lot earlier than we're used to. And, you know, Sally really wanted to come on to the show to swear. He told us like a week or two ago, like, hey, guys, when am I going to get to come on? Because I want to I want to bitch and complain because nothing happened yet. And in those two weeks. Yeah, yeah. His finger got stolen. I literally have nothing to bitch about. So it's <laughs> I'm really surprised about this summer so far. At like, least we got some quite asthma bitching going, you know, you can never do wrong there. I mean, obviously, you want your transfers even earlier. I mean, yeah. uh, Fenerbahce yeah. did a really good job at getting a couple of transfers really In early. Particular, so like Max guys... Bruce. Getting, get, like, yeah. They did what we needed to be doing last year by getting their kind of pivotal guy first. But at the same time, they have not addressed their defense at all, so they might have a problem. I mean, yeah. Well, they, they, they did send uh, Matthias Jorgensen Zanka. They Zanka, signed yeah, him yeah, the yeah, other day. Um, but he's that's trash. I think so. Well, he's maybe. Been... I think, no, I've heard he was good at Huddersfield last season. I think he's going to be decent for them. Uh, but the thing is that they need a defensive leader, and they, that I don't think Zanka is going to be that player. So they're going to have to get someone else next to Zanka. They've been rumored with color. What's this? This is not a Fenerbahce podcast. <laughs> anyway, um, no, you know, I mean, I think if we get that left winger, honestly, uh, even if we don't get anyone else, I think it's still going to be a good transfer window. Obviously, if we get a left winger, we get a backup goalkeeper and a striker. Not even going to talk about that six. I think that's almost a perfect window. And if we then get a six, that's a perfect window. So I'm, I think I'm, then the window is comparable to the 2016-2017 one. 
where we literally got like everyone for every week link. Mm. I think, uh, you know what, I'm really hoping for that we get Mehmet Özcan in uh, the end of the window, like on, on, on August uh, 31st or on like September 1st, we signed Özcan, Mehmet Özcan. We the right for the coach sixth. For, for getting a young guy like that too. It really I, feels like this is the, the dawn of a new era, you know? Uh, this is a fun episode in this regard. Yeah, like, if, if you look at our, our team, I mean, in terms of average ages, you know, okay, Vida and Victor Ruiz are both 30. But our goalkeeper, Los Carlos, is 26. Our left back now, Rebocho, is 24. Our right back, Douglas, is 29. Um, our midfield, Ozan, 27. Muhair, 20. Uh, Leitch, 27. Uh, Dolkan, 23. Uh, obviously, Altiba is like 37 or something, but, you know, we'll. That's okay. It's okay. That's, that's okay. He'll be, he'll be yeah, our coach okay. in a couple of years, hopefully. And if we coach, if we'd be right. able to get Mehmet, if we'd be able to get Mehmet Özcan, he'd be 20. And that's another really young player in there. Then we have Tyler Boyd on the right. He's 24, 25. He's turning 25. He's still 24. And then we have uh, maybe maybe Konoplyanka on the left. He's gonna be 30 in September. So that's yeah. that's okay. And then just Burak 34 up front. Um, so we've only got one old geezer, basically, then. You know, all the other players are in either the mid-20s, early 20s, or, you know, At prime. Yeah, prime years of 27, 28, 29. So that's perfect. And I think if you would have told us that like a year ago when we were complaining about the average age of the team, uh, you know, I think it would have been difficult to believe that we would be at this point now. Let's hope. I mean, if you get, let's say we get Elionusi, then you have a 24-year-old yeah. on the left. But like I said, I, I think that's a difficult time. Or even like a Bubukar, like you have a 27-year-old up front. Like, you know, we're really... Yeah. And what's fascinating is that yeah. we're talking about it like this. You know, we're, it's really that one or two players. And you're... I mean, we have a young core to build with. And this was kind of what was lacking when we were in a position to sort of move into a dynasty. And it's hard to talk about building a dynasty when you don't even have the title. But back mm. then, the difficulty was like, we have to sort of evolve and sort of move into the next generation without losing quality because how do you do that and, and of course we yeah. failed in that regard yeah but the, but now the big difference we were under financial fair play then we couldn't spend before we 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 sold and now we see we're already like 12 million spent and we haven't sold shit but we can do that now uh, obviously you know i'm really that. surprised we spent this much they really yeah. didn't expect it Honestly. Yeah, me neither. I didn't think and so either. Next summer, we already have like 10, 12 million that we have to spend Yeah. Mm -hmm. for the left back and the goalie. So next summer, we will even be like at 20, 25 million. It depends on how much we have to yeah, do next depends. summer. Maybe next summer is is it, maybe next summer is a summer of one transfer. Like a, maybe we get exactly. a striker or maybe we get a, a an Atiba replacement if we don't get Özjan. But we still have the winter too. Let's not forget that we can still get Mehmet Özjan in the winter. We could still get another six in the winter. I mean, I don't think we need to necessarily get that. No, obviously, we want that. But we have to be realistic as well that we've already spent quite a lot of money but already. Is, and Mehmet is going to put us back another million or a million But this is kind half. of what I was sort of alluding to is that now we have enough of a core of young guys that we can kind of not panic. You know, short of like us having to sell one of these guys because they played at a level high enough where, you know, like someone comes with an offer that we can't refuse for the player's sake. You know, it's a, a good enough team or whatever. Mm -hmm. Short of that, like we can really hold on to the majority of this starting 11 and roll with it for a few years you know like 
if we can if we can win yeah. the title this year, we have the seeds of a real dynasty now. Tough. You know, much more than we could say before. Don't, 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 just the don't. seeds, the seeds. <laughs> These are all just the receding. Like Aurelian would say, no that's jinx, right, no jinx. Right, yeah. Well, you know, and it's of course important to note that if we win the title this year, is not that's no small caveat. That's uh, it, it would require a lot of things going our way. Galatasaray and Fener are coming yeah. to this year very much restored. Galatasaray especially, and if, if they can pull up this Falcao thing, which would be hilarious if they couldn't, but if they can, it'll obviously give them the, the major odds at the title. But anyway, I mean, we've gone on fairly long. Yeah, but both of them look uh, look prone defensively, and that's the thing going to be going into the season. Can Abdullah Avci, now he has got the tools now, can he implement a, a decent uh, organization, defensive organization now? But the thing we shouldn't forget is, yes, we have a really good back line on paper now, but it's not just the back line. We've spoken about this plenty last season. It's all coming from the midfield too. That midfield needs to contribute to the defense in a positive way. And if everything goes through them like a hot knife through butter, the defense isn't going to be able to do much. Yet, they're going to get blamed. Um, so, Sally, nah. for Sally, I'll say he his uh, his thing just died, so he's gone. But let's let's close this thing out, Khan. Anyway, um, first of all, stay tuned, of course. Saturday, the 17th of August, Siva Sport will be hosting us, Besiktas. Uh, it's on a 2.45 p.m. here in New York City, Con, so I think that's like 8.45 for you or 7.45, hopefully. Um, sure, but sure. So Look it up. Take us me, out, Con. Soccerwave.com. <laughs> uh, one more hot take. Uh-oh. I don't, don't be surprised, and I know his dad said it's not happening, but Cenk Tosun, keep that in mind. Keep it in mind. Anyway, okay. um, yeah. Uh, not much left to say. I think these tr first three to four match days are going to be pivotal. Oh, yeah. They're going to be tough. But I would like to harken back to the 2002-2003 season in which we finished with 85 points, only lost one match. The first games of the season were really tough. I think we drew away at Bursa Sport 2-2. We drew away at, uh, at, at Istanbul Spar in the first four or so weeks. It was really tough. We got a really we got a 95th minute win against Kojeli Spor, Ahmed Dusun. And that was really tough those first couple of weeks to get through that. But once we got through that, we got going and we were a really formidable side. It's gonna be the case this season, I think. We're gonna have really tough first couple of weeks. We're lucky in that regard that our fixtures aren't the toughest. But don't underestimate Siva Spor away. I would not be surprised if we lose. I hope we don't. I hope we get a, a scrappy win. But if we lose, don't panic. Give Abdullah Avci the time. He's given us what we've we're longing for for so long. A coach that's giving chances to everyone. Yeah, with the let's system. hope he continues. Yeah, let's hope he carries it all into the into the season. Give him time to implement his system. Give him time to work with his new players. Be patient. Support the club. If you're in Istanbul, you don't have a season ticket yet. Go buy one. Come on, we need to be there for the team. Yeah, and that's all I got left to say. Except uh, follow us on Twitter, don't forget. <laughs> and stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned for our upcoming uh, episode on Rebo's show. Also, uh, Ruiz. So we have some, some player episodes coming up. Uh, but the main thing, of course. Go, go Besiktas! Here we go! And don't forget, come to Besiktas.
Whoever you are, come Don't come whoever you are, exactly that. Besiktas International hopes you enjoyed this program.